Hey everybody, I'm your host and life coach, Kim Gross, and this is the Masks Off Podcast. In this podcast, I'm helping parents and teachers of teenagers and young adults to explore and understand the masks we often wear because of people-pleasing and perfectionistic tendencies so that they can guide their children and students in removing the masks and honoring their true selves. Each week we dive into how to go from a people-pleasing and perfectionistic prison to freedom, empowerment, and showing up fully in the world. You will hear about my personal experiences and wisdom, as well as from my knowledgeable guests. If you're ready to remove your masks and to help your children and students to do the same, drop into this week's episode. Welcome everyone to another episode of Masks Off. I am Kim Gross, your host, and this week my guest is Dr. Pamela Ellis. And in a moment, I'm going to allow her to introduce herself to you. But first, I'm going to start with a quote as I normally do. And the quote that Dr. Pamela offered is, comparison is the thief of joy. And that is by Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, I just got like such chills when I read that because I just feel like I just think I just, just dropped into something that I completely and totally have experienced that. I know what it's like to wear that mask and to compare myself to other people. And the moment that I'm in comparison, my joy out the window. So I cannot wait to dive into this conversation with you because we're going to talk about that as well as some other things. But first, welcome to the show and let everyone know who you are. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kim. I'm excited. And just hearing you say it was like, oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I am Dr. Pamela Ellis, everyone. And my trademark is the education doctor. And what I do in my firm is partner with parents to help their teen with finding a college that feels like home without overpaying. And that's everything in a nutshell. And whenever I say it, I smile and just beam because it's not just a passion for me, it's my calling. And everything else I've done in life has led up to what I do today. So thank you for having me. Let's start with that a little bit. You just said everything that I have done in my life has led me to where I am today. Do you mind sharing a little bit about some of that backstory? Yeah, I certainly will. So my backstory, I would say, started with my parents. So not only am I a first-generation college student, I am a first-generation high school graduate. So my parents, my mom actually was a sharecropper. So she finished in eighth grade. My dad finished 10th grade. And so when I was in high school, I had this big dream of going to college because when I was younger and growing up in a project in Memphis, a teacher told me that I would never amount to anything. And I really wanted to prove her wrong. 
And so I had this big dream of going away to college and going through that process. They really didn't know how to help me with that process. So I just figured out everything I could and applied everywhere I heard about <laughs> as a way to make sure that I would go away to college. And when it came time to go, they were just like, oh, we don't know about that because we don't know the school you're talking about. And we just don't know if we're going to support that. And I mean, I begged and pleaded so that I could go away to college. And when I did, we took a Greyhound bus all the way from Memphis out to California. And my mom gave me $70 to last me the whole year. And to show that I didn't know what I was doing, I thought that was good money. <laughs> I was excited until I got to the bookstore and my books were $350. And mm. so that just, you know, really broke me in a sense, certainly my confidence and everything else and being in a place that was so full of wealth and seeing others and what they came to school with, it was, that was tough. And so fast forward, I ended up graduating in four years and only had $10,000 in loans. And I just never really had an appreciation for it though until I became a mom and really just wanted to make sure that my kids knew how to navigate through the K-12 system, because sometimes it can beat you down, especially as a person of color. And so it, I went back to graduate school at my alma mater and got a graduate degree. My doctorate is around high school to college transition. So wow. what supports students with being successful as they navigate through high school and go on to thrive in college. And so that's really all I do to this day. I'm very passionate about education, especially passionate about supporting parents. Because even though my parents didn't even finish high school, so much has changed in terms of supporting your kid to go on to higher education that, you know, a lot of my parents, they have graduate degrees and still it would be a lot on them to do this process and kids don't listen to their parents anyway. Um, but just to go through that would be a lot. And so I just have a heart for supporting their success, partnering with them and partnering with their kids. And that opening quote speaks so much to what I do because there is so much comparison when it comes to colleges and the stress of it all and feeling like, man, so-and-so got a full ride. Why can't I get one? Or so-and-so is going to this college and why can't I? And the parents are comparing as well because they hear other parents saying that their kid is an amazing athlete. And they're thinking like, my kid is clumsy, you know? So <laughs> so just it just never ends when you are a parent, I don't feel. I love that you brought that back in, the comparison mm -hmm. quote, because that is so important. And it even ties back to from the way that I see it. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your story and your backstory mm -hmm. and being so open and honest about that and what that mm -hmm. teacher said to you, which was you will never amount to anything. And for 
so many of us who wear quote unquote masks, whether we're wearing a mask of perfectionism or a mask of people pleasing or the mask of mm-hmm. overachievement or whatever it is, we're trying to cover up and protect ourselves from feeling that sense of unworthiness that or that rejection that you so profoundly experienced at how old were you? 12, maybe 10, 10, 10 years ten. old. <laughs> you had a teacher telling you at 10 years old that you were never going to amount to anything. That's ridiculous. I just really feel like this is such an important conversation to have right now because I do believe that a majority of our teens are feeling that they are not good enough. They are not worthy enough. And they are comparing themselves and they are being pushed. They are being pressured because now it's getting harder and harder and harder to get into college. And you have to have more and more on your resume than when I went to college 30 some years ago. Part of what you do is you help these teens to navigate this process while still holding on to their authenticity and trying to still hold on to who they are. And so one, I'm curious, how do you do that? And how do you do that? That's question one. Question two is, how do you continue to do that in the light of the parents Mm -hmm. still getting caught up in that rat race of you need to have, you know, you need to play violin. You need to play a sport. You need to, you know, get, have all the AP classes. You need to do blah, 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 blah. And keep putting all this pressure on their child. How do you help with that? Yeah. (laughs) Where I would start is we do assessments and interest inventories and we are working with students as early as grade nine and 10. And when we're working with them, it's all about them. And the thing that I say to parents and the student at the start of our work, all I'm doing is coaching and guiding. The teen owns the process. And I'm partnering with parents to encourage them to let go and let their teen own the process because it's their future. And sometimes that can be a tough conversation. I think especially coming from everything we've been through these last three years and some parents want to hold on tight. And I say, you got to let go. You got to let go. And doing that in high school gives them a chance to see that you trust them. It gives them a chance to learn those skills of self-advocacy and independence long before they go to college because they can start practicing it now And if something doesn't work out or they're disappointed, they can still grow from that, learn from it. What I find too, Kim, is that when students start to do an assessment and learn about their personality and learn about what helps them with being productive or how they learn, that opens their eyes to seeing themselves in a new way. And What happens too, as we start to talk about colleges, the first thing I say is that there are dozens of colleges that could be a great fit for you. And so much of the hysteria around this is because we're so hyper-focused on maybe a dozen colleges. 
but there's actually over 2,000 of them. And just even helping students to break through that initial mindset shift and think and realizing that, oh, wow, there are a lot of colleges out there that could be great for me. And it becomes this discovery process in the same way that they discovered who they are, that discovery about who the colleges are. And we always start with the student first. We never start a conversation talking about any college. It's about them, it's what their why is. And we're looking at all those other things as opposed to being focused on a brand name or some college that they've heard about. Or comparing to what their classmates are doing and then all of a sudden they're feeling less than, right? Because that's why the quote, comparison is the thief of joy because as soon as we do start to compare ourselves to another the reason why it steals our joy is because then we're not feeling like we're worthy because we're comparing to some outside standard or expectation and so then you look inward and you're like oh my gosh i'm not worthy so i love what you're saying so tell me more about then how these students are navigating life in general, these ninth graders, these 10th graders, are they, are you seeing less anxiety, less depression, less overwhelm? Are they feeling more of a sense of, of authenticity, of joy, because they are listening to their internal guidance? Are you seeing more of that? Hey friends, I didn't mean to leave you hanging. We'll get back to the show in a moment. Are you wondering whether you're a people pleaser or a perfectionist? Or maybe you're thinking to yourself, Kim, of course I know I am one, but I'm not sure all the ways that these patterns show up. Well, you can take my people pleaser perfectionist quiz on my website at kimgrosscoaching.com and find out the answers. And if nothing else, the quiz is really fun to do. Now let's get back to business. I'm definitely seeing more of that. It's not something that happens like on a dime all of a sudden, but definitely seeing it. And the thing that I want to see in them that grows is their confidence. Yeah. Confidence. And when they have confidence in terms of, I know how to research a college and what to look for. Confidence in I know which test I want to take, if it's going to be the SAT or the ACT. And I've done a practice run to see what, where my score is. So those kinds of things. And what we talk about is what is it that you're committed to and care about? You know, because if a student comes to me and they say they want to do community service, my first question is why? You know, what's the point? Because if you're doing anything just for the sake of a college, oh, we got a problem. (laughs) <laughs> because that's not the why that's not the reason we do anything. I love that. And part of what you talked about too is helping these students to have more self-efficacy, learning to really check in with themselves and to figure out how to do things, what they want to do, and come from this place of their inner knowing rather than someone imposing on them. And right. I think what I want to really kind of highlight here is why I feel what you're doing is so, so important is because the parents of our generation now have a reputation for being 
overly involved for being helicopter parents, being lawnmower parents. And in part, I think a lot of that does come from the fact that at least I can speak for myself and my own personal experience that my parents, they loved me and they were good parents provided safety, you know, a good home, all that stuff. However, they were so hands-off, right? And most of the parents of my, of my parents' generation were that way. And the other thing that happened, and I think it's also true for many other people that are in my generation, is they also didn't have the emotional intelligence. They didn't have the emotional capability, capacity to show up for me emotionally and mentally. And so therefore I struggled a lot. And so I think that the pendulum has swung to where parents are overly involved, not only in the activities that their kids are doing, but even emotionally more enmeshment, more codependence. And so that does set up for a very unhealthy dynamic. And the fact that you're helping these teenagers to have more self-efficacy, help them to figure things out so that when they're in college, they can navigate things. They can check in with themselves. What is it that I want to do and why? That's so important. It's such a simple thing is just why, why are you doing it? So any thoughts on that? Yeah, these parents who are very enmeshed and involved could be because their parents weren't as involved. The key thing that I think is certainly new for this generation is the social media and just the access to so much more information. Because when you look out into the world and you see all that's going on, Yeah, it makes you a little bit more timid and afraid for your child. And that can cause some of the smothering, if you will, or overprotection or enabling. The other thing it does too is because we have so much access to information and social media, that comparison is even stronger as far as my students, because I talk with them about these things, you know, what others are doing and that sense of, wow, that person is doing better or they have more friends than I do. You just, yeah. you feel a little emptiness. A hundred percent. And that goes back to the quote again, comparison is the thief mm-hmm. of joy. Cause that's essentially what is happening is the comparison piece. And I just wanted to share with you and for the listeners, something that goes along with what we're talking about. And it's from a book that I recently read by Jenny Wallace. It's called never enough when achievement culture becomes toxic and what we can do about it. She was interviewed on the Mel Robbins podcast not long ago. She's also a Wall Street journalist. So she did all this research on interviewing teenagers and young adults and parents. And it's this whole culture and it's the chapter is called envy. So it goes right along with the comparison piece. And she says, it's called a knives out reality, knives out, (laughs) cutthroat is contributing to a relationship and a mental health crisis. She says, 
well before isolating effects of the pandemic, the number of teens who reported fe feelings of loneliness. And this just attributes to what you just said, because you felt something very similar when you saw this woman getting together with friends. See how quickly seeing that can just go into this empty place, this loneliness place. And it had more than double jumping from 18% from 2012 to 37% in 2018. And then she goes on to say, and this is what I underlined, even if our kids are well supported at home, they can lose proof of their worth and their sense of belonging when their friendships are hyper competitive. In a highly competitive context, friendships can become transactional, a pattern that can persist into college and in the workplace. And then she finally says, the culture here is very much based on getting to where you want as fast as you can. And then she even, this is interesting because you're a Stanford grad and this was from a Stanford student. One Stanford student was quoted as saying in the Stanford Daily, it's cool if you can make friends on the way, but you can dispose of them whenever. Like that's the reality of what a lot of our teens and young adults are yeah. thinking and feeling. And it goes back to the quote of comparison is the thief of joy, competitiveness. Any thoughts yeah, on that? I have a lot of thoughts on that. And interestingly enough, I was at Stanford in very different eras, if you will. And I was there late 80s undergraduate years and went back to graduate school there in early 2000s. And what she described, what that student was quoted as saying, that's what I saw when I went back as a graduate student. And I never forget, I was in this class and it was the class that's being taught by the new president of Harvard right now, Claudine Gay. And it was her poli-sci class. And I just never forget how these students were very calculating in mm. terms of finding group members in terms of studying. And I remember asking someone about a group, they were just like, no, because they wanted to study on their own. And just the culture among students, I just thought, wow, I've never seen this before. And so that's what came to mind when you said that quote. And so I just saw it in my experience of going back to graduate school and just seeing the environment across those decades. But the other thing in terms of the competitiveness, I do see that because some students, you know, they know that I went to Stanford and Dartmouth and other people on my team went to selective colleges and they want to work with us because they are interested in a particular college. And I tell them right off the bat, that's not me, you know, because yeah. if you're only if you're only interested in one college, we are not a good fit to work together mm -hmm. because our whole um, framework and process is about that discovery. And you have to be open to looking at colleges that are a good fit for you. 
a good fit for you. Yeah. And we already have in place what those factors of fit are. And if it doesn't line up, we're not going to be as supportive of that because we want you to be in a place where you're going to thrive and graduate. And I've even had some parents talk to me about if there is a way that their kid can just get into a school and transfer later. And I'm thinking, who wants to go into college with the whole notion that you're just here because you're going to transfer? I mean, that's not that's not even the way that we think about this. And so I definitely see that kind of competitiveness. And I think it's still bred from this whole notion of comparison as well and wanting to one up or do better. And so they're intertwined for sure. Well, I just want to say two things. One, I love that you say that you are unwilling to work with someone if they're just coming to you because they want that in or that advantage. So kudos to you for that. And then secondly, while we're not going to be able to necessarily solve this whole issue, this whole problem, because it's a big, big issue. Clearly from this book that I read and just number of other guests that I have interviewed, it's a huge issue. But what is so important about our conversation is that we are raising some awareness to it. So as the listeners pick up on this particular episode, They can A, have some awareness to what the issue is, but to see what you're doing that is the antidote to the problem. And so I really applaud you and love that you are helping students or teenagers to get into college, but not in the way you would think that you would help teens to get into college. You're helping them to to discover themselves, as you said, to Who are you truly? Who are you authentically without the masks on? Now let's find a college for you. So I love that you came on and had this conversation with me today. And if a parent or anyone is listening and they want to find you, where can they find you? They can find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Dr. Pamela Ellis. And also our website is compasscollegeadvisory.com. And we have a lot of resources and tools there that parents can access to help them if they want to do this process, you know, with their child, then there's a lot that's there for them. Awesome. That's so great. And I will have that in the show notes, of course. So Dr. Pamela Ellis, thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation with me today. Thank you so much, Kim, and take care. Thank you, everybody, for joining in for another episode of Masks Off. If you enjoyed this episode or the content, I would love for a review or for a comment. It does help to get this information out and spread awareness and help parents. So again, if you enjoyed it, would love for you to give a review. And I will see you next week on Masks Off. If you enjoyed this episode of Masks Off, 
and you're ready to take the next step to overcoming people-pleasing and perfectionistic tendencies, you can reach out to me at kimgrosscoaching.com and book a call. You can also join my free Facebook group for more inspiration and tips. The link is in the show notes. I would love it if you would subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget to share it with others. See you next Thursday on Masks Off with Kim Gross.